to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good morning. Welcome into the podcast. I am Jay, as the man said. It's August 3rd. It's 2022, and uh, I want to start off today with with an appeal to uh, drivers, to uh, fire apparatus operators, to their company officers. Proceed with caution when going through red lights. I don't know if you've heard, but in Camden County, New Jersey, a uh, fire apparatus operator has been charged with second-degree vehicular homicide uh, by operating a vehicle recklessly. He uh, he is accused of he drove a truck uh, in the opposite lane and was navigating around other cars stopped at a red light. He then entered the intersection without stopping and, and struck a Nissan, killing two people. This type of interaction at intersections happens quite a bit but now uh, those two people have died horrible for their families Um, and this firefighter is in uh, trouble and will now have to uh, depend on a jury of his peers to uh, to judge his actions and and that's something that's always fraught with danger I i think it just makes sense that oftentimes when 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 calls come out for for service um, that people get energized um, that they go to the truck they get in they crank it and and they can't wait to drive the truck look i was a driver i drove in some tight uh down tight narrow streets in an urban environment and it was a rush um when you're young, um, you know, I was driving Max and, and, and uh, Pierce's and E1's. And, and it, you know, the bottom line is this. It's a rush. There's no getting around that. People who say, eh, no, nah, not for me, I question whether they're telling the truth. When you're young and you're a, an apparatus operator and you're going down the street and people are looking, you're the center of attention. You are. I think as you mature, there's a couple of things you learn. Number one, being the center of attention is not always positive. Number two is this. You carry the future of people. You're, you're responsible for that. The people on, on your truck and the people who are pedestrians and are drivers. When you come up to intersections... You have to be mindful of what's going on. And here's the thing that every driver eventually learns. You can't control the other person. You can drive as safe as you want, but you still can't control the other person. When you're driving faster and going through intersections without stopping, you're taking a chance. And if you're working on, you know, if you're working on the law of averages, you're probably going, you know what, the chance that I hit somebody or get hit is probably pretty slim. And it is. 
But there's always that possibility. And all it takes is one. You know, if, if you respond to, if you're driving on 2,000 calls a year, all it takes is one. All the rest can work out great. Um, you know, I remember when I first learned to drive a ladder truck. And uh, back in the day, you didn't have all of the, uh, the cameras and things that, that, um, that you do now. And I'm talking about backup cameras and all of that. So you learn to use your mirrors. One thing I see people now, they don't use mirrors all that often. They're focused on a backup camera. I have a friend of mine who's great at teaching people about pump operations and ladder operation. He's a great driver because he also drives uh, trucks when he's off duty. And it made me feel good when I told when when I told him when he told someone else. I didn't tell him. He told someone else. Hey, pay attention to your mirrors. Quit using that backup camera. It's little things like that that go into making good drivers. But here's the bottom line. You can be a great driver and still end up hitting somebody in an intersection. I'm not passing judgment on what happened in New Jersey. That's for a uh, that's for a court of law to determine. What I'm saying is, is that it can be instructive in that when you proceed into an intersection that has a red light, when you proceed into one that has a green light, you can still end up in a bad situation. You can only exacerbate it by not being in the right. You breaking the law or, or stretching the law, whatever the case may be, um, it only adds to troubles, really does. And, and I know how guys feel. I do. You're, you know, you're flying down a street, and uh, you see smoke on, you know, you see smoke on the next block. Lots of people tune into that smoke. You still have to drive to the call. It's the same if you hear guys on their truck yelling, "Hey, there's a hydrant! There's a hydrant!" That that's fine, but you still have to drive to the scene. You still have to pull up and park. And the little things that happen, that's, that's one thing. But things like this where people have died, you know there's going to be lawsuits. Um, but here we're talking about criminal court. Um, that is something entirely different. And now you have people who've lost their lives. And you have someone who is facing losing their freedom. And uh, so, drivers, company officers, beware. I believe that, that good leaders always want their people uh, to be educated and trained. It's just what I believe. I've never met a good or great leader who doesn't want their people to be trained and, and educated to the best of their abilities. Um, there are people out there that think, you know, I like my company officer because we don't do anything. Well, they're cheating you, they're cheating themselves, and they're cheating everybody else. The bottom line is people want, uh, good people want to be trained. They do. They want to be educated. The only ones that gripe about it, typically, are people who are lazy or they just don't care. So, you know, you have that too. But, but good leaders want their people to be trained. 
I was recently um, able to watch some uh, uh, some very good uh, training take place uh, in a in a uh, single family dwelling, and that was turned over to the fire department uh, for I don't know maybe four or five days prior to this this house is it's going to be demolished and. I was out there and uh, got to watch some uh, some outstanding training take place. And, you know, everybody wants that training tower, training facility, and let's face it, they're great. I mean, they are. Gives you that opportunity each day if you want uh, to take advantage of it. Um, acquiring structures are great, too, because you're actually walking through, looking, cutting on, advancing a line, on a house, on one that, uh, that that people have lived in, and that has all of the uh, has all of the uh, tricky little corners and things that that houses are known for. And this was able to watch some outstanding uh, training take place, and, and also uh, watch some people who got their chance, first chance to be on roof on a roof, cut a roof, that type of thing, which is always uh, great to see. And, you know, with the number of vacant houses across the United States and, and in different cities and towns, there's, there are legions of, of vacant homes. Um, the opportunities are there. They just have to be taken. That type of training is something that pays dividends way down the line it's not just to be able to say yeah well you know our guys went out and they trained no 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 training like that pays dividends in the future in part because it allows people to to look at a real live structure and and uh if you're on a roof to to find places that you know what yeah it's not a training prop so one spot's going to be a little saggy. Uh, another another spot's going to have you know uh, shingles that that that, uh, that are crap. Uh, you going into a house, you're going to have all kinds of different neat little things to look at. And and by the way, the one that I watched, the house was was walked through and and uh, looked at previous uh, to any training taking place. So and then that's that's something that needs to be done too. So things were looked at and. Uh, things were, were said and you know this is off limits that's off limits and that's the type of thing that has to take place because of of uh accidents in the past around the country indeed around the world at any rate the cutting forcing doors um, advancing hose lines search and rescue uh, ventilation of course, when when you're going up on a roof, or up on a roof, you're getting you're getting uh, portable ladder, ground ladder training. Uh, they set up uh, a stick and uh, training on that, on spotting. You know, the the aerial operator had to spot outriggers, shift positions, move the ladder, operating from a stick, operating directly on the roof, operating from a roof ladder. All of those things pay pay dividends down the road. That's why it is my sincere belief that training like this is done for the benefit of the people 
on the ground, boots on the ground, the people at the tip of the spear. Those are the people that you have to train and train again and then train more. So it was a great thing to watch. Um, I've watched uh, acquired structure training. I don't know that I could count how many times, but I know that there are uh, extraordinary uh, opportunities that lie out there. Of course, you got to walk through it, do your safety things, all of that. But the the uh, the fruit of it is just absolutely wonderful. It really is. It is uh, switching topics. It is, you know, I get emails from people all the time, and I get people contact me, email, text. Uh, phone calls, they see me, whatever. Always about situations that are going on. Um, And sometimes those situations, or I should say oftentimes those situations are not situations that that make anybody feel good. Um, Sometimes they're, they're small problems, medium problems, and then huge, huge problems. And I get asked a lot, you know, why don't you talk about this or why don't you talk about this particular situation? Lots of times I have to explain to people that more often than not, it has to involve some sort of safety issue or something that's just egregious. Egregious cronyism, for example. I'm going to start addressing that. Uh, cronyism when you know buddies and friends are looked after and others are passed over or, or not considered, things like that. But I got wind last night of, of media, uh, I guess members of the media were contacted about a situation and uh, I don't know, looks to me like there's a story that's developing around or, or in the area of, uh, of a department. And I'll have to say some of it's true. Um, the others are just wild miss or wild guesses that, that aren't true. But here's the thing, and, and I just want to, give this out there to to fire department leaders oftentimes people get really comfortable and and you know that that sort of feeling of well you know nobody can touch us nothing could be further from the truth Um, point of fact there are situations that would force leaders out that they didn't see coming and it happened so fast that it can end up just being shocking at, at, at the conclusion of something like that the thing i think that that people need to understand about stories that, that end up in the media is that no one controls them no one a fire chief certainly doesn't control them nobody on a fire department uh, in many cases the media doesn't control it uh, oftentimes, cities, counties, states, they don't control it. It's why if you have issues and you address the issues, um, it's always a good idea to address them. Cronyism especially, I think, is going to cause more people to lose jobs over the next 10 years than any other topic in the fire service. If you have someone, don't care how friendly you are with them, 
and things are bad, you have to address it. Bottom line, these stories develop and they don't go away. They just don't. And you have to end up addressing them. Because if you don't, they'll be addressed elsewhere. And then uh, there's no, you know, there's no control over it whatsoever. That is important. You know, not everybody can control the narrative. But as I tell people all the time, once it gets out, there's zero control at all. Something to keep in mind. That's going to do it for today. We will be back tomorrow with another podcast. Until then, stay safe.